You are listening to Church Talk with Isaac. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Uh, this is Isaac. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Uh, listen, I want to begin this podcast episode by reading one of our reviews from one of our listeners and downloaders. This one is from Kenny Watts. It says, Isaac is a genuine leader. Everything he says is always for the transformation of individuals and never for personal gain. Isaac is truly a breath of fresh air. Thank you, Kenny. I really appreciate that. I think that's Kendrick. I think that's who this is. Uh, so I just want to thank you for saying that. It really means a lot to me. Um, and again, I that is my heart. Everything that I say, everything that I do, I try to do for the transformation of other people, that we may be formed in the Christ likeness, that we may have a, a, a more thorough new covenant worldview uh, as far as how God or how Jesus uh, would have us to live. So I try to do, do that to the best of my ability as far as what I believe God has called us uh, into. So thank you again, uh, Kendrick, for that. And uh, I also, before I get into this this topic, I want to I want you all who are listening again, if you have not already, stop doing what you're doing now, uh, if you can. And I want you to give Church Talk with Isaac, a rating. If you have been blessed, if you have been encouraged, if you have been stretched, if you have learned, I want you to rate Church Talk with Isaac. And then I would like you to write a review for Church Talk with Isaac. Just in your own words, how has uh, this podcast impacted you? What are some things that you've gotten from this podcast? And uh, uh, I, I ask all of my listeners to do that if you have not already, um, because by doing so, uh, it actually helps to uh, make Church Talk with Isaac more visible. Uh, if people are looking for podcasts such as this one, it makes it so that they can find it more easily. It helps to boost the, um, the ratings uh, of this particular uh, podcast. And I appreciate it. I really do appreciate it from all of you. So, again, take a moment to do that. It only takes about a minute or so um, to do that. And I appreciate it now. I want to jump into the I want to jump into our topic for today. Um, if you all have been following um, these episodes, you all know that we just came out of uh, three weeks, uh, three topics dealing with women in leadership. And I encourage you, uh, whether you are a woman or not, uh, if you're a man and you're listening to this, if you are in church leadership, uh, in any capacity, I encourage you go back and listen to those episodes. Go back and listen. Uh, it was very theological. It, uh, um, it was very exegetical. We actually broke down certain verses uh, within the New Testament that says certain things about women. I want you to go back. I want you to listen to it. I want you to share it. And I want to hear your feedback. Send me uh, an, an, uh, an email. Send it to my uh, IsaacWatsonMinistries.com website. And uh, let me know your thoughts on that. What I'm going to do today is I'm going to shift gears just a little bit. Uh, actually, a lot of bit. <laughs> I'm going to shift gears and we're going to deal with uh, an, an, another topic, um, something that uh, actually became a conversation on my Facebook page. Uh, my wife can tell you I can be very random at times. The way that my my mind works, the way that my thoughts <laughs> work through my brain. 
I can be very, very random. I, I, I think about a hundred things at one time. So sometimes I'll just throw out random uh, thoughts on social media, random uh, teachings, uh, random perspectives, random questions. It's one of the things that I, that I brought up not too long ago, I was talking about the prophetic had a thought about the prophetic. I thought about why we as a church do certain things. And I asked the question and it actually sparked a nice conversation, a nice amount of dialogue um, on my Facebook uh, post. And uh, my question was regarding uh, the prophetic in the sense of is everyone called to prophesy? Can everyone prophesy? And um, if everyone cannot prophesy, and I'm not saying this word for word, but I'm just giving you just an overall uh, idea of what it was. If everyone cannot prophesy, then why do we train people in the prophetic? Um, if everyone does not have the gift of prophecy, why do we activate entire churches in the prophetic? And uh, it's just uh, it's just the way my mind works. It, to me, it doesn't make sense. So I'm going to talk about that just a little today, and then I'm going to work through some things and throw some concepts out there to you. And hopefully this is something that can help you. And again, I have friends on Facebook that did not agree with my perspective, and I'm absolutely fine with that. I had a lot of people that did agree with it. Um, but if you don't agree, that's absolutely fine. This ain't this ain't that where I expect everyone to agree with everything that I present. But I do want to present some things to you to get you thinking. Now, some people may be listening um, to my podcast. You may be subscribed to my podcast and you may not have ever heard the word activate as in um, act, uh, prophetic activations. It's something in some of the uh, circles uh, that I am aware of, that I have become a part of, that I'm a part of or have been a part of in some senses uh, is something that we exercise and we call them prophetic activations. What prophetic activations are? Um, prophetic activations are typically corporate environments, corporate uh, settings, and they can be either public or they can be private settings. Um, where an instructor or a prophet or or someone who may be more skilled in the prophetic, they can take this public group, this uh, this corporate uh, uh, body um, through what we call prophetic activations or prophetic training. And really what prophetic activations are intended to do uh, uh, are uh, get you acclimated and fluid in the ministry of prophesying. Um, so. Uh, you, you with with prophetic activations, you don't necessarily you're not teaching people how to prophesy. That's not the emphasis. The emphasis in prophetic activations um, is teaching people how they hear God. And by becoming familiar with the way that they hear God, it can become more fluid with how to release what God is saying to other people. Everyone hears God differently. So prophetic activations are intended to exercise your faith um, to get literally the um, the gift uh, of prophecy flowing in a fluid way uh, um, in and through you uh, to, to get the dormant ability of being able to prophesy and activating that 
from within you so that you know so that you become a believer who prophesies. All right. So um, that's what we call in some settings prophetic activations. Now, the word activate as far as, you know, and the uh, and prophetic activations is not a biblical term, but the concept is, is derived from uh, when, let's say, Samuel or Elijah, they would conduct schools of the prophet. Excuse me, Elisha, they would conduct schools of the prophets. And uh, in these schools of the prophets, we would see that one of the manifestations would be the company of prophets uh, prophesying. So that's where the concept comes from, along with other biblical um, principles uh, about prophecy being something like if you look at first Corinthians chapter 14 prophecy being something that should be a normal regular part of church services so forth and so on so I don't want to get too deep into that but I do want to get into my thought now my thought is if we are activating entire churches and I have seen entire churches become activated get trained in the prophetic if you don't like the word activate you can say prophetic training um, I've seen entire churches or and entire teams and churches get activated, get trained in the prophetic. People who have never prophesied before have now began to prophesy. And now this becomes a part of their normal, regular life. They're prophesying. So my thing is this. We train people in the prophetic. We activate people in the prophetic. We, we activate entire churches in the prophetic, just not prophets, but but normal people who come to church who are part of the local assembly who desire it. We do that. But at the same time, we say things like everyone does not have the gift of prophecy or um, everyone uh, is not called to prophesy. Um, or some people are called to prophesy greater than others. Some people have a stronger flow than other people. This may be a gift that's for you. Prophecy may not be a gift that's for you. And my thing is this. It sounds schizophrenic. It's just my personal opinion. It sounds double-minded. Like, if we don't really believe that everyone is called to prophesy, then why are we activating them in the prophetic? Ultimately, what we're doing, from my opinion... Ultimately, what we're doing is we are getting people to exercise something they won't be able to use. That's just how I look at it. And some people will say, well, you have the gift of prophecy. You have the spirit of prophecy. You have the gift of uh, uh, of the prophet or some people will say the office of the prophet. And that sounds nice. That sounds good. I do believe, you know, the Bible talks about the spirit of prophecy. It talks about a gift of prophecy. It talks about the prophet. So I understand that. But if you're saying that people are only able to prophesy in a corporate setting because of the spirit of prophecy that comes upon that comes upon them when they are in the company of other prophets or prophetic people, then what you're saying is that them being able to prophesy will only work in these types of settings and they won't be able to exercise it truly outside of these environments uh, uh, or they will have to take a prophet with them wherever they go if they ever want to prophesy or they or, you know, so to me, it just it just doesn't make sense. And I'm not going to take this time to really dive into the difference between the spirit of prophecy, the gift of, of prophecy and the office or gift of the prophet. Um, but maybe I'll come on another time and do that. But people say that there is a difference. I do believe that there is a difference between the three, just to make that clear. There is a difference between the three, but I do not think it makes sense to apply the spirit of prophecy, uh, um, 
in the context of prophetic activations, uh, if we are truly activating a dormant thing or a dormant gift on the inside of people. Otherwise, like I said before, it's useless to do because they will only be able to prophesy in those environments or around prophets. And it's not really you activating anything. It's just you being around them and allowing them to do it in that moment. What I think this does is it creates an elite mentality. I think that this creates in uh, uh, almost like a, a, a mindset or a paradigm within the prophetic that says, hey, I have the gift. But you may not have the gift. I have the ability to prophesy. It comes easier for me than it may for you. So maybe I have the gift and you don't. Um, and what that does is that actually does the opposite of what Paul says to do. That can actually discourage people from desiring spiritual things. It can discourage them from desiring to prophesy. When Paul clearly says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, uh, verse 1, it says desire spiritual, um, we'll say this, desire spiritual gifts especially that you may prophesy. Why would Paul tell us to desire to prophesy if if really everyone's not called to do it? That just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't line up scripturally with me to say that that uh, Paul is saying or scripture is saying uh, Paul, who is a New Testament, New Covenant apostle. He's saying to 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 uh, to earnestly desire spiritual gifts. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse one says it. First Corinthians chapter 14 and third verse 31 says it. It says, for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. Why would he encourage us to do that if we cannot do it? I think that that's disingenuous to say that we are to desire something that everyone does not have the ability or the capacity to do. I personally believe that prophecy is for every believer. Now, this is the thing. I believe that from the Old Testament or from the Old Covenant to the New Testament or New Covenant, I believe that things have changed regarding the prophetic. Now, some people may disagree. Some people may say, well, nothing's really changed. Prophecy is still prophecy. God speaks to who he has has burdened to speak. And uh, that's that. But I want to say I believe things have changed. For one, uh, one of the things that we kind of have to demystify uh, and debunk is the idea that only people in the New Testament or New Covenant were filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. That's a myth. That is a myth. There are many people in the Old Covenant, under the Old Testament, who prophesied because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, some people will say in the in the in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God came upon people. But in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit dwells within people. And I want to say this. I believe that Yes, the Holy Spirit came upon certain individuals in the old, but the Holy Spirit also dwelled inside of people in the old. I'm going to give you a few people where that is the case. I'm not going to say and there's more people than this, but I'm going to give you a few. All right. Adam, God breathed into Adam the breath of life, the Ruach of God, the, the spirit of God. 
and Adam became a living soul. Joshua, let me read this. Numbers 27 and 18. It says, and the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you, a man in whom is the spirit and lay your hands on him. So Joshua was a man in whom was the spirit. Or in other words, the spirit dwelled on the inside of Joshua. Ezekiel uh, chapter two, verse two says, then the spirit entered me when he spoke to me and set me on my feet. And I heard him who spoke to me. Ezekiel says he didn't say that the spirit came upon me. Ezekiel said, and the spirit entered me when he spoke to me. All right. There's a man in, in Exodus chapter 31 by the name of Bezalel. 31, uh, uh, Exodus 31 verses one through three. This is what it says. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, see, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom in understanding in knowledge and in all manner of worksmanship. So now we see this man who was filled with the spirit of God. He says, I have filled him with the spirit of God. Daniel chapter five, verse 11. It says, there is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy God. So now we see that Daniel was a man who was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I just gave you a, a several examples. There are other examples of people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. So what's the difference from the old to the new? If people were being filled with the spirit and they were given the ability to prophesy, what's the difference from the old to the new. The difference is this. In the old, God only filled certain individuals. So people were not foreign to the idea of people being filled with the Holy Spirit. Israel was not foreign to the idea of people being filled with the Spirit. What became foreign, what became a phenomenon was God filling all of his people with the spirit. And this is important as it relates to prophecy and whether or not everyone's called to do it, because being uh, the baptism or infilling of the Holy Spirit is the doorway into the prophetic world. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit is the doorway into the prophetic realm. So I believe that um, that the phenomenon that we see is in Joel chapter 228. In the last days, I'll pour my spirit out, not just upon prophets, not just upon apostles, not just upon elders, not just upon ministers. I'll pour my spirit out upon all flesh. And then it says this, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. So this says that it's just not given to a select few people literally the ability to prophesy the um the grace to flow and prophetic unction is given to sons and daughters it didn't say i'm gonna pour my spirit out upon certain individuals i'm gonna it didn't say i'm gonna pour my spirit out upon people that i'm gonna give this gift to and what we've done is we have weaponized the voice of god and we made it so that the voice of God is only meant for the elite and the elite minded. And the fact of the matter is that prophecy is simply speaking and expressing the heart, mind and will of God. It's just not foretelling or foreseeing. That's a part of it. But the but but what prophecy is, is speaking and expressing the heart, the mind and the will of God. It is God's voice 
to mankind and 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 it is man's ability to relay what god is saying in a particular time a particular moment a particular era and to a particular person all right so what we have to understand about god's voice in the context of the new covenant is god's voice is just not something that's given to a few people god's voice is the inheritance of his sons i feel like preaching in here I normally don't preach on here, but God's voice is the inheritance of his sons. It was never meant to be weaponized by the elite minded. All of God's people have been called to prophesy and we have made prophecy something for the elite. When God through the new covenant has made prophecy common for his people, for all of mankind, all who will call upon his name. We've given prophecy ranks and levels within the church, oftentimes due to our need to feel important. Due to our need to feel superior or elite and God through the new covenant establishes church, even his prophets to place emphasis on the body hearing his voice and not necessarily an elite group of people. Prophets in the new covenant are just not called to be God's mouthpiece, God's messengers and the ones who the people are primarily called to go to when they want to hear from God. In the new covenant, one of the things that changed from the old to the new is now it is a one of the responsibilities of prophets is to teach people how to hear God's voice for themselves, i.e. activate and train the church, activate and train the body. Now, what I'm going to do is a part two, because as you can see, I'm stirred up. I'm going to do a part two. Otherwise, I'll be on here for another 20 minutes. And uh, we're going to pick up where we left off. We're going to explain certain things. We're going to break down certain concepts in scriptures. Some of the things that's been uh, mystified uh, where there's been a, too much mystification. We're going to demystify it because I want you to know God wants you to prophesy. Amen. And I'll close in this. I believe that every born again believer who is spirit filled has the gift of prophecy. And I'm going to tell you on the next episode as to why I believe that. So thank you again. I hope this blessed you. I hope this stirred you. Keep prophesying and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Church Talk with Isaac. If you enjoy our content and benefit from this podcast, do me a favor and subscribe, leave a review and share with your friends, family and colleagues. I'm also on all social media platforms and would love to connect with you. You can also partner with us by visiting IsaacWatsonMinistries.com and clicking donate. Your partnership helps us to get the message of Jesus through Isaac Watson Ministries to the world. Talk to you soon.